the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Good morning, everybody. Uh, what a beautiful day. So far, anyway. <laughs> anyway, there's, there's rumors of uh, rain today. So the majority of men and women met with failure because of their lack of persistence in creating new plans to take care of the to take the place of those which fail. And that's Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book, How to Be a Millionaire. It's no accident that things are more likely to go your way when you stop worrying about whether you're going to win or lose and focus your full attention on what's happening right at this moment. This guy's won a couple of national basketball championships, Phil Jackson. Encourage one another. Many times a word of praise or appreciation or cheer has kept people on their feet. It has been my philosophy of life that difficulties vanish when faced boldly. Isaac Asimov, and he should know, believe me. Uh, anyway, as we always, t- we always talk about my webpage here at the beginning of the show, if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, uh, you, you comes to me. Uh, I'm the first guy up there. You can always tell it's my page because the first thing it says is, remember, buy low, sell high. <laughs> I think I've worn that out. I might have to come up with a new uh, new idea for that. If you've got a new idea... Email me, okay? Um, anyway, there's some good stuff on there. Uh, the Market Week, which is a newsletter that comes out. We sent a couple different versions of this out to, uh, if you want to get on my email list, uh, please call at, or, uh, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or just hit the contact me or email me on there. Uh, by the way, the daily technical analysis, I think Bob Dickey's been very, very right. And uh, with the exception, he was worried that we might break through the lower end of a triangle pattern, uh, and we didn't, which was interesting because we raised interest rates that day. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's great stuff. And then we have, uh, we think interest rates will fluctuate, but they'll stay down for a long, long time. I'm going to talk about interest rates and bear markets and interest rates in a, in a minute here or two. Uh, then we, we also have uh, our cybersecurity information, and I, I can't tell you how important, you know, the steps you should be taking right now to get, uh, uh, you know, in case there's a data breach. We have some information there. Uh, Our global best energy ideas, if you'd like those, are our small cap list. The small cap list is mighty small right now. (laughs) There's only like six stocks on it. Uh, That's what I do best, folks. So if you want help with your small cap portfolio, I look at thousands of charts a week, literally thousands of charts a week. And it seems to me that it's really the Russell 2000 is doing well. The Russell 3000 is doing better. And that's in between micro cap and small cap. So uh, I don't know exactly what they call that, uh, you know, but those ideas are working best. The energy ideas are working great. And I'm going to talk about that in the income section here in a second. Um, 
We also have our U.S. top uh, equity picks, which have been doing quite well. Our global ideas, our ADR list, and one of the the lists that is not getting uh, nobody sent in for this, and I and I I kind of worry about sending it out because we make a lot of changes to it. But it's our guided portfolio all cap list, and we can actually run this as your own mutual fund, and it's it's got all capitalizations in it. But we've hit some home runs in this thing. I mean, Amazon, Appy. You know, uh, what else? Um, uh, you know, Edwards Life Science, John Deere, Lincoln Electric. You know, we, we've hit some big ones. So uh, if if you'd like to hear more about that, it's probably better that uh, I run the portfolio for you because the changes come occur pretty rapidly there. Uh, also, uh, our newsletter comes out every month. We don't harass you. We send you the newsletter. That's it. If you want to have do business with us, we will certainly... Uh, you have a cup of coffee with us, talk about your portfolio, call that number, 888-223-7742, and we'll certainly talk to you. Um, but this talks about mid-year tax planning, uh, tax changes. You Believe me, there's a lot of changes in the tax code. Uh, so there we go. We also have a wealth plan, which is interactive. I can't tell you, the people who have done this really like it, uh, very much like it. So uh, keep that in mind. All right. So workers age age 50 or older now compromise 34.4% of the U.S. Uh, labor force, up from 25% in 2002. More than 60% of the workers age 65 or older now hold full-time positions, up from 44% in 1995. According to the Census Bureau, department store sales have fallen by 26% over the last decade. And of the... 1,100 or so malls less than the United States, one in four may close by 2022. Uh, over the last 10 years, the S&P value index of companies selling at low prices relative to their earnings and revenues and net worths has returned an average of just 7.1% annually. The growth index selling stocks at high prices has averaged 10.7. So I've been talking about, you know, being worried about uh, some of the FANG stocks and, and their multiples and how parabolic they are. Uh, Small value and small growth look really enticing to me. Value looks really good. I've been buying some value stocks lately. So we always talk about in this show, uh, right about this time, about the process. I value the process over the outcome because I know if I got the right process that works seven out of ten times, I'll I'll make people a lot of money. And uh, if you can't describe what you're doing as a process, you don't know what you're doing. And And so let's start with the big. First of all, gasoline prices around the world uh, have been really uh, are up big. Uh, they're up. They were up six point one percent just in the past three months. They're up twelve point seven percent for the year. Uh, that's quite a bit. So, uh, you know, it's something to consider when you're. You know, look, interest rates are going up, gas prices are going up, commodities are going up. Remember about that inflation scare I talked about, and. Um, I've talked about this several weeks in a row now, and there's several of the dividend aristocrats, great companies. This is for long-term investors now who are trying to replace their paycheck with dividends. You buy yield when it's up, folks, and there's some really good-looking stocks, and people are starting to you know, to do this. I mean, Barron's talked about it. I talked about it. I heard another radio show guy talk about it, uh, a friend of mine who, who does a show somewhere else, um, and I'll just I'll just suggest that Look, if you're looking at the yield curve right now, last week we did a thing about this, and, and um, I'm just going to get into this now, so we'll, we'll talk about it very quickly. Um, look, the yield curve has become flat, okay? And, and that's something you have to pay attention to. So 
you know, c- can you gauge how close to the end of the cycle we are by looking at the yield curve? Well, if it if it's a, you know, the general idea is a steepening yield curve where long rates are rising faster than short rates indicates that the credit is easy to access and is regarded as, a, a, you know, a, a look at a, a faster-growing economy to come, okay? A flattening yield curve says that credit is becoming more difficult and expensive to access and the growth will slow, and that's what we're looking at right now. Now, there's also an inversion. That's where the low rates are higher than the long rates, and that's uh, uh, that usually is a big problem, okay? So... We don't see that yet, but the yield curve drives other curves around the globe, just so you know, all right? Uh, and, well, it, it doesn't necessarily, I shouldn't say that, but it, in a lot of cases it does, okay? Uh, you know, depending on the yield curve itself, you know, because the United States is such a major factor in all economies, uh, it does have a gr- great deal to do with what's going on out there. So, look, if the 10-year Treasury yield went through 3% and then pulled back, remember what I told you, everybody was long uh, the interest rate contract and short the bond contract. And usually that's a good sign that you've hit a peak. But so somebody said, you know, hey, what if they keep raising rates? Well, if they do, you probably have an inverted yield curve. And what normally happens is uh, when that occurs, uh, the the relationship to the S&P 500 is we've a- averaged uh, the, with an eight-month period a 22% decline. So that's why we pay very close attention to the yield curve. Now, uh, you know, I would suggest that the the outlook is still set a constructive unless things continue uh, going on here. But, uh, you know, rising earnings and we got some lower P.E. ratios. We got a lot of stocks that are not participating. Everybody's shoving their money into these index funds and they're shoving them into the Nasdaq composite and the S&P 500. And so they just keep bidding up stuff like Netflix and Amazon and all those names. And they're starting to get a little bit dangerous, I think. So, uh, now, somebody asked me what the fallout was from the U.S. pullout of the Iran deal. Well, the immediate fallout was the, the price of oil went up drastically, okay? Uh, you know, so, I mean, we went up uh, almost $15 a, a gallon, I mean, a barrel. So, it also, the dollar rallied. And, uh, you know, so there's some interesting stuff going on. But I, I think, look, um, I don't think the, the yield curve is likely to steepen any, anytime soon, and Look, somebody asked me, I, I had, uh, this is uh, Bart. Bart listens to, I think, every show I ever had. <laughs> and he's a very smart guy. He, ta- he said, Tim, you know, last year you talked about a bond bear market. Well, what what does a bond bear market consist of? It's a much slower process. But look, back in 1940, uh, there was a gentleman who suggested we only went down to 1.8% on the 10-year Treasury then, not to 1.26, which is the lowest in history, by the way. And and he suggested that we were starting a bond bear market then. By the time the bond bear market was over 40 years later, in 1980, the yield on the 10-year Treasury was at 15.5%. All right? So if you would have bought bonds at that 1.8% yield, that, that would have been a problem. That's why we talk about the latter. So you start out and you have yields coming due every year, okay? But the other thing you got to pay close attention to, I think, right now, is the master limited partnerships and some of the real estate investment trusts that uh, provide you with an inflation hedge if you're going to buy yield. The MLPs broke over, uh, you know, their average score hit three, but the direction turned up. Uh, And so, you know, I've been talking about, you know, oil stocks for some time now, and they're part of the game. So uh, the other other one is uh, convertible 
convertibles and preferreds. Convertibles convert into common stock. They have much lower yields, but they tend to be a good investment in this type of friend. And U.S. preferreds, because if interest rates, uh, well, they usually hold pretty well. High yield is kind of a uh, they're a situation where you're looking at a, a scenario where these guys tend to uh, match the uh, the stock market. So I asked uh, some people asked me about you know what's one of the major things that most people worry about, and I, I'd say call it health care in retirement. Remember, we're living longer, so health care costs in retirement is a top concern for the majority of Americans. And eighty percent of the respondents said uh, we had a, we did a, a summary, and uh, they said. They're worried about the future uh, cost of care. And we found health care retirement is a big tick- ticket expense. I mean, it's, there's no doubt about it. And there's also good news, but you're living longer. But that Medicare does not cover all your costs over age 65. If you think that's the case, it's not. They, they cover less than two-thirds. And so the burden of paying for your health care is falling on the individual more and more. And I think it's going to happen more and more. So, you know, people expect uh, their health care uh, costs to be up in it. And, and I think the reason that we're, you know, we're seeing this drive is because of the demographics out there. Uh, you know, Alzheimer's, I, I think, affects over 7 million people. Uh, dementia is now becoming very big. So I think today's senior citizens are healthier than they were generations. So that's good news, too. But there's lots of stuff you can do uh, to bring your costs down. And what I would suggest is you download a free copy of our report. Just go to uh, RB, well, it's the... Uh, uh, rbcwealthmanagement.com and you can download the report. We're going to be right back with some more stuff. Stay tuned. This is the Smart Investor Show. Darren College, a former NFL Super Bowl champion, signed the most important contract of his life to serve in the Army National Guard. I've had a lot of military in my family. It's a big part of what uh, my family's done for a long time. I'm, I want to go out there and make a difference. I didn't find that working behind a desk, so for me it was a pretty easy decision to make. And then the opportunity to serve my community and serve my country was just icing on the cake. To learn how to be part of the Army National Guard, log on to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Mike Gallagher wants to bring you a different kind of show. There are plenty of hosts. There are plenty of writers. There are plenty of pundits. There are plenty of congressmen. There are plenty of people who criticize Donald Trump every minute of every hour of every day. And I don't do that on this show. I want you to come here and have a different experience. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 11. Right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1420. The Answer. Over-the-counter pain medications can be bought without a prescription and are intended to reduce fever and temporarily relieve minor aches and pains. There are two main types of over-the-counter pain medicines, acetaminophen and NSAIDs. Although both types of pain medications treat the same symptoms, they work in different ways and have different risks and benefits. That's why it's important to always read and follow the drug facts label on your medicine. If you have any questions, ask your healthcare professional or pharmacist. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC.
Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show, and I'm going to uh, give you that thing for the healthcare. Uh, it's, it's our free copy of our special report. So if you go to rbcwealthmanagement.com, uh, it's right there on the first page. It says it's called Taking Control of Healthcare Retirement. So just in case you, you didn't hear me. Uh, we had Dan Shurness in. If you don't know who he is, uh, he is our head international strategist. This guy is extremely well-received. He's number uh, top three in the uh, uh, institutional all-star team. He knows what he's doing. He says basically that the global economic expansion slowed in the first half of the year. And the leading indicators have moderated after peaking in 2007 and early 2008. That said, the PMI, the Purchasing Managers Index, remains at level consistent with decent economic growth. So he's not seeing anything that, you know, yet uh, to slow things down. So with economies approaching full capacity, the risk of inflation is closer to the surface. And, we're, you know, we talked about that last week, how the chart for commodities has started to break out a little bit. But there's a variety of challenges to the long-term cycle, rising interest rates, tighter financial conditions, uh, U.S. protectionist measures have escalated in recent weeks, and um, that's going to probably have a big effect on international trade, I would suggest. And should the uh, economy unfold as he expected, steady growth and firming inflation will encourage central banks to continue dialing back moderate uh, monetary monetary accommodations. So he doesn't think the, the Fed's done yet is what he's trying to tell you. Uh, the the ascent in global bond yields that began in mid-2016 uh, paused late in the quarter. We talked about that and why we talked about it. And, and concerns with respect to European banks amidst Italy, poli- uh, Italy's political instability had investors chasing safe haven investments. You know, I don't know if you saw the spike in uh, Italy's uh, yields, but it was pretty significant. Uh, equity market volatility has pers- persisted through the spring. We think um, that we're going to go sideways for a while. In our view, the macroeconomic backdrop remains positive and is likely to support further gradual increases in interest rates and rising corporate profits. Now, one thing he talked about is the Duncan uh, leading uh, indicator. And the Duncan leading indicator is it's a comprehensive and usually very reliable composite of U.S. economic conditions. Uh, It stumbled in the first quarter of 2016, indicating the likelihood of a recession four quarters following. However, the trend reversal occurred in Right after the election. Geez, I wonder why. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's at a new high. So I don't think it's it, we're seeing anything that's, uh, you know, the world's going to end or anything like that. But uh, if you also look at the BML, BAML, Global Financial Stress uh, Index, the, it's not, we're not seeing what we saw in 2008. Not even close. We're just, we're dead even at this point. So, and then financial conditions via Bloomberg uh, having peaked in late, 2017, it suggests that conditions remain slightly more accommodative uh, as compared to pre-crisis. So um, basically, that was uh, what Dan had to say this week. Uh, He's one of the best, by the way, in in global stuff. But look, uh, bonds enjoyed quite a rally this week. And we talked about the fact that everybody was short bonds along the yield. And I said that, uh, you know, if you look, uh, the the TYX, which is the 30-year Treasury Yield Index, Went all the way from three point, uh, I can't read this because I don't have my glasses on, but 3.26% uh, all the way down back to 29 uh, in the weeks ensuing after I said that. So now if if we would have this reverse back up, uh, it would trigger a buy signal on the yield, okay? And the TLT uh, did trigger a buy signal on the upside. So what we had is, you know, 
bond prices go up when yields go down. Okay, so uh, we got a we got a scenario where we we could have a situation where um, bond yields reverse back up very quickly, and that may that may happen. So we'll just we'll we'll see if it happens. Now, um, look, I I, I talked uh, a couple weeks ago about retail stocks, and I said you know that I'm seeing more and more of these start to break out. Now I own several of these, um, and but I'm, I got a list of really good ideas, but I thought it was interesting. RBC had a, a, a re, uh, RBC consumer and retail conference this week, and and the consumer staples, uh, you know, which we talked about having posted the worst performance among the levy industry tracked sectors tracked by the S and P. They have a negative twelve and a half percent return. That's it. a lot of those have the dividend, uh, a part of the dividend nobility. By the way, um, if if you look. What's happening with those guys is Amazon's starting to own the brands. And if that's the case, uh, you know, for example, uh, battery, uh, the Amazon basic battery now outsells Doracell. Uh, so, you know, you, you got to start to pay attention to those. But in some cases, some of these dividend yields are 4.3, 4.6%, you know, 4%, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and I think you're going to, you know, pay attention to that. But also, what we talked about is a lot of the um, the retail sector, we're seeing their Internet uh, business start to pick up pretty pretty drastically. So these guys are getting smarter, and, uh, you know, Amazon's going to have some competition, although they're very good. Uh, I, I think Amazon's looking at, uh, I mean, I think the government's looking at Amazon, my humble opinion. I know they're looking at Facebook. Um by the way, you know, uh, we talked about insider buys a while back, and Twitter was one of them. And uh, I, I caught I caught a lot of phone calls for that one. And uh, I just wanted to let you know that Twitter is now a member of the S and P five hundred. It is now up ninety four percent from where uh, the insider buyers were. All right. And we also had the Nasdaq composite breakout to a new high, so that's kind of very very interesting. And um, the, the other thing I'm, I'm I'm seeing a lot of, and 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 I'll just go into this in a little bit of detail because I think it's important. Um, you know, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence and and uh, all that good stuff. And uh, the other thing I'm seeing is financial technology, uh, the use of smartphones for mobile banking and stuff like that. And and I'm seeing more and more of uh, these type of stocks do extremely well. And I and you know, for those who you don't know who they are, I do. And if you work with me, I probably could have you in those stocks. I've been also buying uh, a lot for, the, you know, anything to do with uh, the cloud. Uh, and they've been working quite well. But the real key is, is that there's a lot of ETFs out there that can be helpful to you if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, and I got a list. Of, of course, you have to call me to get that list. Uh, and actually, I, I cannot send that list out. So I, I will not send it out, by the way. Because I think you've got to know what you're doing with those things. Uh, you know, ETS people forget that it's a group of stocks. So if the market turns down on you and you have a stop, you can get really hurt with these things bad. But uh, they are uh, some significant, significant uh, uh, chart patterns. So I'll just suggest that. Now, look, if you look at the impact of technology on the S&P 500 returns, you know, tech year today is up 11.2%. The S&P 500 X technology is down one and a half. Uh, if you look in May, tech was up 7.4%. X tech, it's up 0.2%. Uh, 
so, you know, industrials were in a distant second place, and, and you know, they were only up uh, 2.2%, so that, that wasn't good. So uh, I think you have to, you know, you have to worry a little bit about is tech, you know, being overdone? Are people paying too much attention to tech? And, look, I, I love it, but, you know, there's, there's other scenarios. Is technology taking over the world? Maybe, but, uh, you know, that's what, that's what people talked about in 2000. Okay, no, I'm not suggesting we have a 2000, but I am starting to see some parabolic charts on some stocks. Not all of them. There's a lot of really, really good-looking stocks in, in the tech sector. But there's a lot of parabolic charts in, in 10, 15 stocks within the tech sector. And parabolic charts uh, never end in a good good situation as far as I'm concerned. What's very much interesting is volatility is still at 12. You know, you get over 20, then you start to worry. Um, but the worry index is very low right now. So what else are we seeing? Well, we had um, uh, both Bob Dickey and Bob Schleimer on this week. And Bob is now with uh, Fundstrat. And uh, Bob Dickey is still our head head technical strategist. He's very good at what he does. So here's some of the the stuff that I've uh, heard from them. Breath is leading to the upside. So we're seeing more of the small cap names, which we've been harping on since February 1st uh, on this show. Uh, the NASDAQ is is resolving, uh, you know, uh, the correction to the upside. The S&P is not there yet. The Dow is not up there yet. Uh, the 10-year rates are establishing a new trading range, we think, between 2.72 and 3.1. Uh, and it's still in a secular downtrend. I'd suggest that. The dollar is right at its 200-week moving average and at, at, seven, at 95 with support at 92. It's 40-week moving average, so there we go. Uh, oil, um, it's, it's, it's breaking the uptrend uh, with, with a correction likely to support, you know, somewhere in the 60-61 area. And I think what you want to look at is the expiration production companies. They are trading much better than the other ones. Uh, but l- large and mid-cap growth are making new highs. Small-cap growth continues uh, – value – small-cap growth continues to work, but uh, value is uh, kind of diverging a little bit. So you've got to start looking at the small-cap value too. Uh, Technology is still in leadership, no doubt about it. Financials uh, are second. They've been really uh, picking up above the industrials last couple of weeks. And retail is really becoming very interesting. Uh, I think the the key stories here is that the breadth of the NASDAQ and and the Russell has been significant. Remember, the Russell has a lot of real estate investment trusts. So remember I talked about buying yield a while back. Well, some of those names are starting to really pick up. I'm also noticing next to biotech, they are one of the big insider buying areas. Huh, how about that? And some of them, you know, are like shopping mall people, like local people shopping mall. Uh, we are seeing sentiment indicators. Uh, the, the They were bullish sentiment is very oversold, and it seems to be bottoming. So people are just not bullish at all. Uh, and we talked about the 10-year yields are still in a downtrend, and they wouldn't we wouldn't see that reverse, you know, going back all the way back to, to 1980 until we hit 340. Uh, we're not there yet. Um, and we'll certainly let you know. The dollar has broken its downtrend line, but I think it's got some, you know, uh, we've got some things to worry about here. Uh, copper broke $7,400 a ton and uh, broke out to a new high this week. So that's part of that uh, commodity thing that I talked to you about. I'm, I'm more positioned in stocks than the actual commodities, but I am seeing the, the Russell 1000 uh, growth and, and 2000 growth and 3000 growth and the mid caps all starting to lead. And uh, 
th- that's kind of interesting. I, I am also noticing that South America is beginning to lag, <laughs> uh, very much so. So, uh, but the the discretionary ETF, which is IE retail, is starting to outperform the industrials, which is really interesting. So, uh, uh, retail, you know, we talked about that several weeks ago, um, but we are seeing uh, some other things like we're getting uh, uh, we got our third bullish breath breath thrust in the S&P 500 this week. And that's usually a sign that we're going higher. Um, whether it's the S&P or the small caps leading the way, we'll find out. But uh, why don't you stay tuned? We'll take a quick break. This is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. Father's Day is coming up, and here is your chance to do something nice for dear old dad. Head to whkradio.com for a chance to take your dad on the vacation of his dreams with our Dad's Choice Family Getaway Sweepstakes. Camping, amusement park fun, or even a trip to the beach. It's Dad's Choice, and the possibilities are endless because we're giving one lucky winner $3,000 cash to spend on an unforgettable family trip. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. You know, if you'd like to have a cup of coffee with me and talk about your portfolio, you can uh, call me at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. And we can talk about your portfolio and uh, just, you know, uh, have a discussion. I I mean, believe me, I think we can help you uh, in a big way. So I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Or if you'd like any of the uh, lists that we have, you know, our best ideas, our best global ideas, uh, our dividend growth portfolio, which I think is a perfect time to be buying it right now. You know, buy yield when it's down. The prime income list, uh, our top ideas, whether they're small cap, large cap. Uh, and, you know, like I said, one of our best portfolios is our uh, all cap portfolio. And actually, I'd rather run that for you than uh, have you do it yourself because it changes quite a bit. Um Anyway, uh, so if you if you go to if you Google Tim Hayes Radio, uh, you can hit the contact me or email me, and I'll be glad to uh, send out those reports and uh, or call me eight 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 two two three seven seven four two. Now we talk about the bullish percent, and the bullish percent is our uh, main risk guide, and it just goes from zero to one hundred. When you get over seventy, that's when you're in the red zone. When everybody's talking about their portfolio, usually that's where you should be careful. We get below thirty, that's what we call the green zone. That's when everybody's crying in their beer. That's when you should be very bullish, okay? Uh, right now, uh, by the way, a column of X's uh, means that we're, we have the offensive team on the field. Column of O's, we have the de- defensive team on the field. A column of O's does not mean you have to sell every stock that you own. It's just not that way, okay? Uh, you know, there's other factors. You know, we, we, we talk about uh, domestic equities being the number one asset class right now. Well, even if we went to a column of O's, I don't know if I'd be selling anything. Maybe a lagger or two, so I'd have some cash, you know, for better stocks on the bottom, you know, that type of stuff. So, uh, believe me, I came on the radio, uh, 
in 2008, at the end of 2007, 2008, and I said I thought the money market would outperform the stock market. And so I'm not afraid to say sell, okay? And I had people who came on board who I literally kept in cash or, or sold out right away and then kept in cash right up until 2008. I bought some stocks at the, at the end of 2008 and then in March of 2009. So not afraid to be called the cash thing. But anyway, column of X's, you have an offensive team. We're in a column of X's. We're at 55% right now. So we were up 2.4% for, uh, for the month, uh, for the week, I'm sorry. And here's uh, the big news, I think, is the over-the-counter index went into a column of X's and is now at 52.3% at 1.7%. This is the small cap stocks that I've been talking about. Also, the mid cap stocks did the same thing. Uh, now, the mid caps are a little bit more overbought. They're at 62%, so they're actually higher than the, the New York Stock Exchange. The world index continues to suffer, though. Uh, it's still in a column of O's. It was down 1.4% last week. But um, So we now have all major asset classes in domestic securities on go, is what I'm trying to tell you. Uh, which is very, very positive um, and uh, f- for those in the equity market. And uh, believe me, I think there's some other stuff going on here. We have the sector PT chart, and what we have is there's 40 sectors. Uh, and remember, you know, just just earlier this year, we had 32 of those sectors in positive territory. We went all the way down to three a couple weeks ago, as I talked about. We're now at 12. Uh, so that's a breakout. That's a double-top breakout. And uh, so we're, what we're doing is we're catching more companies or, or more groups uh, turning positive, and that's what you want to see at the bottom. Um, we, I looked at all the indexes, uh, and they've been positive for several weeks. They all look pretty good, a couple extended here and there, but uh, for the most part, uh, they all look fairly good. The QQQs and the Russells, the small cap and the uh, mid cap all broke out this week uh, to new highs. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, new highs are good. Don't get don't get nervous about good new highs. Uh, I get nervous about new lows, not new highs. New highs means there's nothing above them now, no resistance. Um, and if you look at a year to year year to date basis, the QQQs are leading the pack with a 12.25 percent gain. Uh, that's the the uh, Nasdaq 100. And uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot of stocks in there that are extended. So that's not exactly where Tim would go, but. Uh, Look, here's some things we've seen in sectors. Retailing is now favored, so we brought it up. Uh, Biogenetics is now average and looks like it it could turn up. The transport index looks is now average from a negative. Uh, Chemicals are unfavored, but they you know just need one attribute in order to uh, uh, you know go further. Um, So there's a lot of stuff going on here that's really interesting. But we're we're up to eleven. Groups that are positive, actually one went positive yesterday and, and turned back uh, today. But textiles are at 70%. Remember, we only want to look at the favored sectors, and the farther down the scale, the better, okay? Textiles are at 70, so you kind of wait on those a little bit. Gaming and banking are at 65. They've come all the way back from 85. So I think uh, banking is, is going through a period of time where, you know, you're going to see uh, it, it shuffle its way back and then take another move up. Leisure software, internet, and oil services are at 60. Yeah, you might be able to buy some interesting stuff there. And at 55, machinery, healthcare, retail, and oil. In healthcare, medical tech is doing better than anybody. Okay? Um, we do have uh, biogenetics at bull alert. Drugs are at bull alert. Household goods are at bull alert. Remember, 
They were down pretty dra- drastically. Uh, there's a lot of dividend aristocrats in the household goods area. The only group that's 30 or below is precious metals, and they're just average at this point. Oh, uh, non-ferrous metals uh, are at bull alert, and I think precious metals is one X away from being in bull alert. That means we're getting very close to bull confirmed status, which is a good place to be. Uh, retail did go favored. Biotech and transportation went average, and chemicals went from unfavored to almost average. <laughs> uh, on the international side, um, we saw a couple things that I thought were kind of interesting. And uh, for some reason, there are certain countries in Europe that are p- popping up on this screen, uh, on the screens out there. And our friends at Dorsey Wright, who, by the way, provide us with a bullish percent, great guys out of Virginia, Watson Wright and, and Tom Dorsey, um, they, they caught one, and it was Finland. It was the Finland ETFs, and they, they had a couple here. But uh, uh, if you look at the relative strength, uh, and if Finland versus the developed Europe, it broke out of a double top, which is kind of interesting. And uh, Finland itself broke out of a four tops, which is very positive, pulled back, now is reversed up, and uh, you know, so you want to pay close attention to any of the Finland ETFs. Uh, you know, look, this is not a recommendation. You do your own homework. If you do business with me, I'll tell you whether you should buy it or not. So somebody uh, asked me, you know, where would you put your bond portfolio right now? Um, I like uh, municipal bonds right now. Now, they're not, on a relative strength basis, they're not great, okay? But you buy yield when it's up, and they've beaten up the municipal bonds thinking that uh, President Trump's going to wipe them out, and I don't think that's going to be the case. But if I did it on a relative strength basis— I do 25% in convertible bonds, short-term international treasury bonds, government inflation-protected bonds, and senior loans. And if you don't know what senior loans are, it's a very illiquid market, so be very, very careful how much you buy, okay? So uh, anyway, as far as other assets are concerned, we look at commodities. Um, we've been in a pause here for a couple of weeks. With uh, with gold and oil, oil's been uh, uh, had some negative momentum for about three weeks. Uh, gold for about seven, and the commodity index has kind of turned over uh, this last week. So uh, the only thing that's been going doing well is copper, and like I said, copper broke seventy four hundred dollars a ton, which is very very important um, because co- copper is using a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff. All right, so. Uh, this commodity trade still works so far. Uh, so from the beginning of the year till now, you know, commodities have led the way. All right, just so you know. Um, we did see a couple other ones. The most improved commodity uh, are lean hogs and orange juice. And I don't know why, but uh, they, they've uh, gone crazy. Uh, crude oil, which was the number two, fell three or four spots uh, because, you know, they had an abrupt reversal uh, with, uh, you know, the Saudis and some of these guys starting to, uh, let out a little bit more uh, uh, supply. So we had some relative strength changes for the week. And what is what is relative strength? Why do we talk about it? Relative strength is how your stock is doing compared to the market. So we want your, your stock to be doing better than the market and better than its peers. Okay, so if we get a double buy, that's a very good place to be. So here's some. American Eagle Outfitter, a retailer. F5 Networks, a communication technology. 3D technology, which is uh, 3D printing. Uh, Genomic Health, I, which I own some of, uh, AltaSource Portfolio, Calex, which is a little $8 stock, interesting chart, Kohl's, another retailer, Morningstar, financial services company, um, 
Mine Safety, which is industrial goods and service. Norfolk Southern, industrial goods, obviously a railroad. But remember, we talked about the transports going favored. That They were the reasons. Neogenomics, which is another uh, small cap uh, biotechnology name. Safety Insurance, insurance, TripAdvisor. That's a great-looking chart, by the way. Evertech Financial, on-deck uh, uh, capital, which is a little bit a, a small, small uh, financial company. Uh, on the sell side, now this is where you got to, you know, you want to be paying attention. Look, a buy signal can last for a pretty long time. So some of these stocks might be outperforming the market for some time. Sell signals is where I have to check my fundamentals again, okay? Uh, Grupo Aeroportero del Sorisa, uh, industrial goods. It's Mexican. I hope I didn't butcher that for my uh, Spanish-speaking friends. Uh, Callan Petroleum. Bristow Group is in the oil drilling area. Natural Services Group, oil drilling. And Grupo uh, PAC. This is the sister company to the one I screwed up earlier, so we'll just leave that one alone. Um, Anyway, so we did see some good things happen uh, this week. And one of the things I noticed was, uh, you know, we had kind of a, a flag formation in transports and they broke out of it. And we had uh, in the na- in the in the S&P 500, we had a uh, uh, a descending triangle, which we broke out of, too, which is uh, kind of interesting. So, uh, you know, when these two when the transports of utility and S&P 500 all move together, you're usually in really good shape. OK, so. Uh, very, very positive. Um, the small cap momentum stocks really broke through this week uh, in a big, big way. So I think you want to be paying very close into that. Look, you can make a lot of money in small caps if you use your head. I do. That's what I do best. So if you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee, uh, look, uh, managing portfolios is easy. Doing the small cap stocks, when they get going, you can, you know, 50, 60 percent on stocks in a very short period of time if you do it right, Okay. Now, you may take a loss or two. Don't get me wrong. But if you do it right, you're in good shape. So, look, if you begin with the universe, you add relative strength, you know, in a wrestling match, and you buy the highest-ranked stocks, you're usually in great shape. So I'll just leave it at that. All right, let's let's pick a quick break. This is the Smart Investor Show. We're going to be right back with Insiders. Oh, by the way, the McQuellen Oscillator is at 34. It's been between plus 50 and negative 75 now for about two years. Stay tuned. Yeah, I look for the light through the pouring rain. I'm Hugh Hewitt. This week in the Town Hall Review, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. The Masterpiece Cake Shop got a monumental win at the Supreme Court. And later, Bill Clinton got stuck in a corner. We'll cover all this and much more. Join us for our program. Visit our website at townhallreview.com. Saturday at 5 a.m. and Sunday at 4 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. During the Civil War, it was called Soldier's Heart. After World War II, they called it Gross Stress Reaction. It's been called Shell Shock, War Neurosis, and Battle Fatigue. Today, we call it post-traumatic stress disorder, and it affects one out of every five warriors returning from battle in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's not a wound that you can see, though it can have an even more significant impact. Post-traumatic stress disorder can prevent warriors from living a normal life, hurt their relationships, and affect their ability to hold a steady job. The Wounded Warrior Project offers comfort and support for warriors with post-traumatic stress disorder and all other scars of war, whether those scars are visible or hidden. 
Find out what you can do to help, because for warriors, the greatest casualty is being forgotten. Please visit WoundedWarriorProject.org. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. All right, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes, and uh, we're going to talk about insiders. And uh, I mentioned uh, the McQuellen oscillator very briefly. This thing goes between, um, you know, minus 300 and plus uh, 200 or 300, whatever. Uh, usually when you're, you know, you're plus 300, you're in really, you're overbought. It's time to step aside for a while. And when you're minus 300, it's time to add some money to the market. And we're plus 34, but we've topped out at plus 50 uh, eight times in the last two years. So I just say that because, uh, you know, s- people get excited as stocks go up instead of getting excited as stocks go down, as I've been explaining for 15 years on the show here. Um, you know, you want stocks that are down right now, I think, uh, and not, not chase, you know, don't be chasing the crazy stuff. So let's talk about insiders. And, we, you know, we talk about them every week because they're a great idea source. You know, when insiders buy big, you should be paying attention to that stock. Actually, the smaller the, the capitalization of the stock and the more they buy, the, the more you should pay attention to it, okay? But when they make big purchases, this ain't chump change, folks. This is big numbers for these people. And it's especially important when they have a big position and they're buying more. I mean, I can tell you, there's three or four stocks out there where there's been big positions bought lately that I've bought them, and I'm up nicely, very, very nicely, some 30 40% in a, in a month. Uh, or two, you know, so uh, pay close attention here. I, I'm not telling you which ones I'm buying because I, you know, that's uh, that's up for you to do. But I've noticed that insiders continue to buy as we continue to go up. Isn't that interesting? Usually insiders are lo- unloading. All right. So Lexicon Pharmaceuticals, uh, there's a money manager out there by the name of Invas. Uh, they're a hedge fund. They bought uh, $1.4 million. That was their sixth purchased. Then they bought two more times, 2.5 and 2.3. So eight purchases to the tune of almost 9 million shares. Here's another one that I think is very interesting. After selling off a little bit from its high at 48, Yum China, the CEO, Jimmy Watt, uh, bought $1 million worth. And it's his first purchase since they were spun off from Yum. And what's interesting about that, they've been sellers for a long time. And here we have the CEO stepping up. I love when CEOs buy and I love what CFOs buy. Now here's another one, uh, Actiogen, which is a biotech company and uh, one of the beneficial owners is a guy named Bob Dugan and Bob Dugan is a very bright guy. He owned 7.25 million shares. He just bought 230,000 more. This guy has got a great track record with uh, with healthcare stocks. You know, the stock's been just been bleeding it down, hit a high of like 20 and just been bleeding down slowly but surely and uh Usually that's a good sign, you know, when people continue to buy. And Microsoft, the head of marketing, uh, bought $565,000 worth at a new high. You love seeing that. You love, love seeing that. And here's one that's really interesting. You've got a big dividend yield. 
Storage technology. Um, Value Act Holdings, which is a big activist investor who owns 22.4 million shares, just bought 946,000 shares. That's $52 million. And so they've already got $22 million. They're buying more. Love to see that. And it's got a decent dividend, so uh, something, something to pay attention to. Um, uh, Enovex, which is a uh, small biotech stock, we had the CFO buy 30,000 shares. He already owns uh, about 600. And the CEO, president and CEO, bought 450,000 shares, and he already owns 2.6 million. So Anavex is the name of the company, and, uh, you know, pay close attention. Dish Networks, we've had two insider buyers this week. One was the chairman. He bought $2.937 million worth. Dish was a $50, $60 stock, I guess it was, back in October, is now twenty nine ninety five. dollars uh, And then J.P. Morgan, this is the third major buy here. We had, uh, not sure what this means, a director of directors uh, bought $22 million worth. Uh, the stock has sold off from one twenty dollars down to one oh seven, and uh, these guys continue to buy. So the third major purchase, I mean, most of these have been in the, uh, I think, 8 12 and now $22 million. And QTS Realty Trust, a REIT. Uh, the CEO just bought $1.13 million worth. That's the third purchase there. There we go. Cabot Oil and Gas. And this one's been beat up for no, I mean, I don't think any really apparent re- reason. But uh, they were up around 29 They got beat up for a while when the market got beat up. And the CFO, I love seeing the numbers guy buy. Love seeing numbers guy buy. But $1.17 million worth. Whew. And... McGuire Infrastructure Corp, you know, got creamed, was uh, an $80 stock, and now is uh, 38 on the earnings. They bought uh, $10 million on June 1st, $14 million on June 4th, and $16 million on June 5th. So this is, uh, they're, they're basically the insiders are buying. The actual company is buying. So here they've bought about, they bought eight, nine, ten times. Uh, to the tune of some pretty good numbers. So um, that's a, that's what I call an insider. When the company's actually buying back their own stock and they're buying it that kind of quantity, pay close attention. All right, so this is this Tim Takes. This is where I tell you what I think. And if you'd like to have an in-depth conversation about your portfolio and what I would suggest and what you know what's good, what's bad, uh, give me a call at 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. And Sign up for my newsletter, if you like, or uh, get the dividend growth portfolio, et cetera. You know, um, I was looking at the S&P, and um, the S&P has some pretty challenging uh, resistance levels. And I would suggest, you know, we're up at the top end of the trend line, which usually means that you have to go sideways for a while. And people keep getting excited, 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 and you start to you wonder. Um, but, you know, usually... Uh, uh, when the small caps get get going, the large caps kind of step out of the way. But the Dow Jones hit a you know a new recovery high from the the sell off in uh, January, um, which is you know positive this week. So, uh, but look, they are pretty overbought from the bottom, and I think you you just got to be a little bit uh, more careful of what you buy and where you buy it. That that's what I you know look. I'm not getting bearish at all. Don't get me wrong. 
I, I think the next 10 years are going to be dynamite in the stock market. And uh, believe me, if that's the case, my, my, you know, I look at charts every day and charts with fundamentals. The combination is usually, you know, a good way to make a lot of money over a long period of time. Uh, and I would suggest that, you know, you, but you've got to be smart about what you do. You don't, you know, go chasing stuff that goes up 25% in a week, all right? Uh, buy things that come back to you. Now, the oil and gas stock index uh, was at the high end of a two-year, you know, 20% range and backed off a little bit. And that could continue for a couple more months. But I also don't think, you know, with the Saudis trying to uh, take Aramco public in 2019, I don't think the price of oil is going down a whole lot. Now, the emerging markets are generally correcting uh, trends after last year's very strong performance. And it, they're, they're holding, uh, I mean, if I look at the, uh, the Morgan Stanley corporate index, the emerging market free index, um, you know, 1100 on that index is uh, pretty much very important support. So if we were to break through there, I'd be very nervous. Uh, and I think you would start to see some signs of stress throughout the uh, economy. I don't see it yet, but, you know, if we were to break there. Uh, expectations for a larger move in either direction uh, on, the, on the Dow, I think, you know, I, I think it's just tempered the overall consolidating range. You just, you know, I think you're just going to have this consolidation range for a while until we go sideways for a while. You know, we did it in 2000, uh, you know, 14, 15, and 16, and, and then and, and when we hit the election, the market took off. Uh, but I think we're going to have something similar to that. And I think what's what we're talking about here is, look, when a president takes on board, and I love what Trump's doing, um, I, you know, he's, he's getting rid of all the uh, regulation that uh, the former president put out. And it was all by presidential order, so he's completely bypassing Congress and all that good stuff. But so he's getting rid of that. And uh, but look, he's got some tough stuff that he promised in his campaign. And he's getting he's getting that done now. OK, so in the second year and the, and the third year, so things start to turn around in the in the in the fourth year. So that'd be very, very positive. Now, a couple of things we are seeing, like I said last week, the CRB index, which is a good measure of where inflation is, the Commodity Research Bureau index traded on the uh, the uh, Commodity Board uh, of Trade. Uh, it's a broad range of raw materials. OK, it's got energy. I think it's 40 percent energy, 30 percent agriculture and 30 percent metals. It's been a general downtrend for most of the year, but for the last five years, I mean, it's down 75%. I mean, it took a big hit, but it broke above, you know, it's been basing since two, the beginning of 2016, it broke above that level now. So now we, we don't have any resistance uh, for another 20, 30 bucks. And so I think what you'll see is like an inflation scare, like we talked about. And, uh, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, most of us should pay more attention to. All right, so what do you do now? Look, I, I, with, the, with the breath breaking out to a new high, I don't think you have to worry too much. And I think some people worried about biotech, but I think the Trump policy proposal had really minimal in, impact on that, and that's why I think you're starting to see that. But the, I'm seeing the tide turning for REITs, biotech. Value stocks are very cheap right now. The mining stocks are starting to pick up. But those are all on our best ideas list. <laughs> So what what I would do is, uh, look, if you want to sit down and have a cup of coffee and talk about your portfolio, you know, give me a call. The number is 888-223-7742, uh, 888-223-7742. Believe me, we have enough capabilities where we can really help. Uh, but we have all these lists, our, uh, our 
you know, dividend growth portfolio. Now's a good time because they're beating some of these stocks up. You know, you always buy yield when it's down. The prime income list, they've really beaten up. Uh, this is for guys that want income now, okay? The dividend growth portfolio, you can get income now plus five years from now. You know, look, uh, Philip Morris International just raised their dividend 6.5% Friday, okay? You get that going every year, you're going to beat inflation. Your dividend's going to beat inflation. So your purchasing power is going to beat inflation, Replace your paycheck with dividends. That's what I suggest. Our top ideas, uh, our all-cap list is, is done extremely well. I highly recommend it. All you have to do is go to Tim Hay, Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio. I'm there. You know, the first picture is a picture of me, and then it says buy low, sell high. And uh, once again, if you've got a, a new, a new uh, phrase for me, let me know, would you? Uh, email me or call me. Uh, but in the meantime, I think there is a lot of good opportunity here. Uh, look, I just bought a lot of two stocks this last week that are down. There's huge insider buying, huge insider buying, smart insider buying, lots of option activity, and they're cheap. They're at the lowest level they've been in their history. I love stocks like that. Uh, so, uh, look, I, I think the, the small cap area still remains extremely attractive, and I think bonds yields are pretty high right now. So uh, it might be a good time to look at some preferreds or some a laddered portfolio. If you need any of that stuff, Tim Hay- Google Tim Hayes Radio. In the meantime, have a great weekend. This is Tim Hayes and the Smart Investor Show. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwm three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.